one of the uh, men who was in my novitiate class with the Paulus fathers many, many years ago was the sort of person who was constantly turning his troubles over to God. Whatever he was worried about most on each day, it's going to get turned over to God. His vocational discernment, his concerns over whether he's getting burned out, his relationship with his mother, his feelings of inadequacy about his work, it all gets turned over to God over and over. And that's the problem. His problem wasn't his willingness to go to the Lord with his concerns. It was in his insistence to almost immediately take them all back again. It was a basic commitment problem. In our gospel today, we encounter several people that want to follow Jesus. First one Jesus meets is almost ready. He even approaches Jesus and states his willingness to follow wherever Jesus goes. There's just one little thing first, one obligation at home that has to be looked after. I've got to go bury my father. And the answer that Jesus makes seems pretty harsh. Let the dead bury their dead. But Jesus knows what's really going on. This guy isn't ready at all. He's got these huge emotional Louis Vuittons that he's carrying around, and he won't let go. Burying the dead is a corporal work of mercy, and looking after one's family obligations and responsibilities, that's an obligation of the first order. But this personal invitation from Jesus himself to become a disciple and to proclaim the reign of God is something that only comes rarely, maybe once in a lifetime. A choice is required, and this guy wants to have it both ways. He's ready to turn everything over and become a disciple, but there's a condition. He has to make a commitment, but he can't let go of the past. And Jesus can't do that for him. There was a wonderful old movie that some of you remember called Romancing the Stone from 1984. Does that ring any bells? This year's movie, The Lost City, was basically the same movie with an updated cast. The original starred Kathleen Turner as a timid romance novelist and Michael Douglas as a roguish scoundrel who comes to her aid in the jungles of Columbia. She's there trying to rescue her sister, who's in the hand of some drug cartel, but she's completely out of her depth in the jungle. And all of that changes when, at last, Michael Douglas's character takes her suitcase and yeets it over the cliff and then takes her $300 Italian shoes and chops off the heels with his machete. And then, freed from these symbols of her past that were literally weighing her down, she can move forward with that mission of rescuing her sister. And that scene came to my mind when I was reading about this morning's first reading. Elisha wants to follow Elijah. Oh, but first he has to say goodbye. And Elijah says, have I done anything to you? I'm not keeping you here, and I'm not making your decisions for you. You need to say goodbye, so say goodbye. And not only does Elisha say goodbye, but he kills the oxen and burns the plow. And this means that there's no possibility of him going back to his former life. 
he has to move forward with Elijah or die. And that is making a commitment. Elijah wasn't going to compel Elisha to make that commitment because he knew that it had to come from Elisha himself. This is what Paul is writing to the Galatians about. You have been called to live in freedom, but not a freedom that gives free reign to the flesh. We're free, but we're not free to have it both ways. We're not free to do whatever we want. We're free to choose a path and to make a commitment. And the problem is that we hesitate. As St. Paul puts it, we take on ourselves the yoke of slavery a second time. We turn and look back, and then the plow starts to turn out of the nice straight rows out of control. We turn it all over to God, and then we take it all back to ourselves again. And this is why that old friend of mine never really found any peace. He said he was turning things over to God, but within a few hours he was worrying about them again and fretting about them, and he'd taken it all right back. In order to find peace, we have to make commitments. We need to know that some things are settled. There are some things we're going to do and some things we're not going to do. On a very basic level, our commitments are how we concretely discern who we are. To find peace in a relationship, you have to decide that you're not going to look around for something different or better, that this is the one. To find peace within yourself, you have to decide this is who I am, this is what I need, and this is what I have to give. Knowing your own boundaries doesn't fence you in. It allows you to act effectively and responsibly. To try and be a disciple, a person of service, without knowing those boundaries is a sure path to codependence, resentment, and burnout. Sometimes it takes a really radical response to answer those questions about who I am, what I need, and what I have to give. Elisha had to say that who he was was not a farmer anymore. Kathleen Turner's character in Romancing the Stone had to be told that she didn't need that suitcase to rescue her sister. The potential disciples in the gospel today had to come to the realization that saying goodbye would mean losing the opportunity that they were saying goodbye for. The freedom to make such a radical response to Christ's invitation can be pretty frightening. But with the commitment comes peace. Everyone I've ever met who was truly at peace was someone who was committed to something and who knew what their boundaries were. They weren't constrained by their choices and they weren't filled with regrets and their limitations weren't lived as inadequacies. A radical commitment brings freedom and peace. And those are the things that should be the hallmarks of our discipleship.